Foster, his first test. And the goalkeeper saves it! You see, that is football. Both these goalkeepers go the same way and both go that early. But what is the difference, Rob? Kexis is off the post. O'Hara's is nowhere near the post. It's too central and a good height for him to save. Hello and welcome to another Manchester United podcast on tour again in Leamington Spa. Yeah. Hello, Sam Amazing. Hello. How are you? Good, how are you? Good little trip down. Thanks for the sandwiches. Do you know what he said? Go on. Next time, make homemade ones. <laughs> I think, yeah, I think it'd be so much, you know, nicer than I went Max's to Mars and Spencer's. There is other shops available, but I went there, got them two little sandwiches, a little pot of pasta. Yeah, but... Make your own sandwiches next time. But do you know what? I agree. You, no, you, you haven't tuned into Helen and Maisie's cooking podcast or lunch podcast or some sort of weird picnic podcast. It would be nice, though. Maybe well, a little a pork pie podcast. or something like that. <laughs> Poor. This, this is still the United podcast. Some Irish stew. And at some point, we will talk about Ben Foster. <laughs> oh, let's go. Okay. Yeah. Today's ben guest. Foster has his own podcast. Yeah. A YouTube channel. Mm-hmm. What Massive. else? What other Well, he has a career things? as a goalkeeper yeah. for Watford. <laughs> Ben's a, he's a charismatic guy and yeah. he's also, uh, he's maybe the only currently playing professional footballer to offer that kind of access in the way that he does. Like yeah. his, none of what he's doing is managed by like social media companies. It's just him giving his insight. And if people in the videos as he's wandering around vlogging at it's Watford. unique. Yeah, don't like Fly it. He's so much wall. better. Yeah. I like that. And as you say, he's had an unbelievable career. Yeah, it's just, what well, a goalkeeper. Yeah. He's a Premier Great League goalkeeper. icon. Yeah. Just feel like he's been around forever. Yeah. And like, I mean, I can remember so vividly watching the League Cup final penalty shootout mm. when he was watching an iPod video. And everybody talked about that. As, and I could, we found out later that that was a thing that people did all the time. It just so happened that the cameras spotted it mm-hmm. on that occasion. And that was like, that became such a big thing in, in I don't know, yeah. the animals of football. Another on water bottles. Was Ben, yeah, yeah gone the other way. Yeah. Was Ben there when you were there, Maisie? No. 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 Uh, I think I might have played against him. Huge goalkeeper. Filled the goal. But um, mm. great goalkeeper. Really was. Well, really is, I should say. Yeah. yeah very good goalkeeper. Are you surprised that someone who's still playing is offering the kind of access and, and doing what he's doing while still playing Premier League football? Do you know what? I, 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 think it's, I think it's brilliant what he's doing because he just opens the doors. As you say, it's not stereotypical what you do in a day and you can't do this, you can't do that. It's just him doing it, and it's the norm. It is what goes on. All right, I know he says he'll probably take out all the swearing, but yeah, it's brilliant. It's a bird's eye view of what he does every day. I think it's no secret that Ben will probably talk about how he didn't necessarily enjoy playing for Manchester United. We'll ask him about that. He has said that in the past, which is something we've never heard before. It'll be nice to hear that perspective too. Yeah. A lot of pressure for a goalkeeper, isn't it? Because yeah. like, it, as it, like if you're Ruud van Nistelrooy, you can miss two one-on-ones. If you score the third one, it's fine. But if you're a goalkeeper and you drop two in, there's, there's no hiding from that, is there? No. Well, let's get him on, then, shall we? Yep, let's do it. Ben, hello. This is a first for us. Usually, we will sit down and say welcome whoever. So it would be welcome Ben Foster to United Podcast. But actually, really, you're welcoming us because we're on tour. We're in Leamington Spa. We are sat in a tiny little booth. It's fairly crowded, isn't it? I know yeah. this isn't your regular space. It's above us, right? 
Yeah, this is uh, this is like the dedicated podcast studio. Yeah, um, it's a little bit sort of yeah, it's, it's tight. It's snug mm-hmm. as a bug. There's six people in the room sucking up all the oxygen, so we might get a bit hot in sort of half an hour's time and stuff. But it, it's nice. It does a job, doesn't it? It does. It's absolutely lovely. Half the wall is glass, and we can see a load of people having like meetings and coffees and stuff, which is adds another dynamic. Helen, I imagine you love that kind of audience. Yeah, feel. I'm actually loving this. I feel like I've really made it in the media world <laughs> in this little pod. Do you, Maisie? No, this is too posh for us. Yeah. Yeah, Maisie's not enjoying this. I can see from his face he's not enjoying this. It's nice. It's it's nice. (laughs) Scaffolding for the you know for the table legs. It's not too bad, is it? Thank you for having us, though, Ben. This is where you live. Yes, Leamington Spa. Leamington Spa. Yeah. Well, you meant this room. No, you live around here and you travel and you've always kind of travelled to whatever club you're at. But this is where you do your podcasts. Yes. If people don't know what that is. Please tell them. Uh, okay, so we do a podcast called the Foscast Podcast. Uh, it's it's basically a sports podcast. It's kind of football, um, creators, YouTube, all that kind of stuff. It's, um, it's 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 basically just dead easy. It's probably the same as this, to be honest. With you. It's like an hour and a half of chatting stuff about. Don't, don't give. Don't it give kind of is though. Easy. Like, this podcast game ain't hard, I don't well, think. I, honestly, so it's not. Is the YouTube channel a bit harder? The YouTube channel is okay. much harder because I have to film it and you have to think about stuff and little plot lines and stories and how it's going to run. You have to do it chronologically, all that kind of stuff. But yeah. the podcast, you just, like, to be fair, Tom, the, the guy that was here earlier, my mate Tom, um, he does all the research. He finds out all the bits and bobs. I just get a brief sort of summary and then we, we just go off on one. It's, mm-hmm. it's but they're nice. quite in depth, aren't they? They're, they're not, like, silly. They're proper oh, conversations. No, they're, yeah, you learn yeah. something from listening. Yeah, for sure. You've you got to do it properly. you got to do, like I say, you got to do your research. You've got to have talking points, this, that, and whatever. And um, it's dead easy when you get somebody on who knows how to talk and hold a conversation, all that kind of stuff. It's that, no th- then they just flow. I've, yeah, <laughs> no I've, pressure, I've, I've, I hope I do yeah. all right today. Uh, tell us about the YouTube channel because there aren't many professional sports people at the top of the game that are also running YouTube at the same time, but those that are, are doing very well. And you're on, what, 1.05 million subs? Yeah, good. Well done. Um, yeah, I think there's a difference between sort of having a YouTube channel and doing YouTube. Yeah. There, there is a slight difference. So um, there are sports people out there who have got YouTube channels, um, but it's not. Re- they're not really doing YouTube. You know, because no, I mean? you're like vlogging in it. Exactly. Aren't you? Yeah. Yeah. I think if you if you vlog it, I think the the people of YouTube they really sort of they kind of embrace you a bit more to be honest with you, and they they understand that you are doing it for them. Um, like the the response to some of the videos because it's amazing. I don't know if you know, but we do. It's basically called the Cycling GK where um, it started in lockdown when we first got back to football and there were no fans um, and I, I ended up sort of putting my GoPro in the back of the goal literally just one day for sorry I'm going to put my GoPro in the back of the goal um, and we'll just see where it goes from there but straight away you could hear the way like we interact yeah. and the way I talk to my defenders and all that kind of stuff bits and bobs and then obviously you'd get some really good footage as well of like saves and all this kind of stuff and it just went from there and then that sort of that sort of evolved into me doing match day vlogs where it would start off the day before the game where I'd be showing you a bit of training I'd be talking to a few of the lads um, talking about who we're playing tomorrow all that kind of stuff um, a little bit of the game footage and then a little bit of an outro afterwards to, to describe how we did um, and it just went from there and it's, it's honestly mate it's blew up it's been absolutely it, wicked did you honestly think it would get as big as what it is no god no hell no um, it was just I was winging it and I still probably am winging it to be fair um, yeah I think it's just because nobody's nobody's ever had anybody to narrate it you know yeah. what I mean they've always had they've always had cameras following people mm-hmm. around and it's the, probably the same at Man United where you'll have a cameraman and it will just be showing training and stuff, but there's no storyline to it. Yeah. And that, the bit that hooked people in was the storyline to it. So win, lose, or draw, like to be honest with you, like I'm at the age where I, I, 
it, it obviously it matters to me, but it's not the end of the world. Do you know what I mean? We could lose five nil. I'll still be smiling and be like, never mind, it's not the end of the world. So um, I think people sort of appreciated that outlook to it as well. Brilliant. Were the club always okay with you doing that? Um, it's been yeah it's, we've had a few sort of uh, contentious moments you can imagine that if we if we go get beat sort of 4-5-0 and yeah. I've chucked a couple in um, they ain't too happy about me saying oh never mind but it's, it's the way it goes like, yeah. it's, but in terms like, of people hearing what you say on the pitch yeah. that's always been okay no 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 well I, like I said we, I edit it myself anyway yeah. so I, I always we, we make suitable? sure yeah, we, yeah. I, like I said I've been in football for 20 years so I know what you can and can't show yeah, yeah. I, I know not to sort of throw anybody under the bus and I, I never put any swearing in it it's always bleak out all that kind of stuff so we have full control of what actually gets put out there yeah. there's a great clip where you go up to someone who's obviously staff of Watford I can't remember the guy's name and you say alright we're going to give away a shirt on this one yeah and their face it does not change it looks so unimpressed and then it was go, probably DJ it was probably the kit man yeah I think that's it and so then, yeah that's and, kit man all and, over for you and then yeah. you, you go like you were going to do it and he goes Yes, and you yes. walk off like, yep, yeah, he seemed happy. Do, do people react well, like your teammates and the staff at Watford, to, to you wandering around with a camera? Because I imagine for all of them, that's a relatively unique experience. Yeah, it's at first it was a bit, it was a bit strange. Um, you can imagine that if somebody brings a camera out into the changing room, you're all straight away going, "What are you doing? Like, yeah. where are you putting that? What are you doing with that?" Um, it's the same now. If anybody brings their phone out, it's like, "Where's that going?" Yeah. Um, but uh, so at first, yeah, they were. They were all a little bit skeptical. They were all very wary of it, and they were all a bit guarded, kind of thing. Um, but as it got, as it went on, and people actually saw the videos, and they they realised they could trust it and trust me. Um, know that what we were putting in there was sort of shining everybody yeah. in a good light. It was, um, yeah, they, they, they really started to embrace it to the point where I, I start sort of having proper sort of sit down chats and conversations and sort of interviewing some of the lads and stuff like that. It's great. You That's must awesome. have so much um, content in that deleted folder that can never be seen. Without <laughs> doubt, yeah. Some awful Which stuff. Which I probably shouldn't say because people are now going to be trying to find No, it's guaranteed though, yeah. Folder. I guarantee you've got, got loads of stuff as well. What are saying? It's oh, got, got a lot of dirt on Just people. Just mainly Maisie. Mainly uh, Maisie. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> There's a whole file on Maisie books. <laughs> <laughs> um, ben, have you always been a goalkeeper? Yeah, kinda. Yeah, kinda. I think when I when I was younger, obviously, I was probably like everybody else, wanted to play outfield, and because being goalie's boring, isn't it? When you're younger and you play for yeah. the better teams, kind of thing, you're just beating teams sort of eight, seven, eight, nine nil, all that kind of stuff. So you want to play outfield, you want to score goals, but then as you start to get a bit older, I got to sort of fifteen, fourteen, fifteen, sixteen, and then I had a growth spurt, and I just found that I just didn't. It was hard work, basically running around and all that kind of stuff was just hard work. Um, and I was like I said I was alright in goal and I had two older brothers who used to just stick me in goal so it was it was a no brainer really and then it wasn't I'd say so I left school I did it a really funny way I left school at 16 I was a chef for two years and when I was a chef for two years, I was working obviously full time, um, but I was playing for a semi-professional team, like a local team to here, Racing Club Warwick. They were in the Dr. Martins League back then, um, and it just and it's it, I don't know what it was, but I'd say just before my 18th birthday, it's like my body just connected. Everything sort of started to make sense. So I realised what I was doing and I could move my body properly, all that kind of stuff. Um, and that's where it went from really. But yeah, when I was younger, I never played for academy. I was never like, I didn't even play for my county. Do you know what I mean? At some points, I wasn't even first choice goalie for my Sunday league team. So it was a mad, mad journey. Yeah, which is like, I suppose as I get older, it kind of makes you appreciate it a bit more. Why is chef? Um, I, don't, I don't know I don't know like I wanted to I think when I was at school like I, there was never a chance of me being a footballer by the way I was ne like when I left school at 16 I was never going to be a footballer that's, that wasn't even an option um, in your head you thought yeah, that yeah, or other because I'd, I'd ne no no yeah. no not even that you not so been through the system I'd not been through the system yeah. I'd never been spoke about in them terms of there's a chance of being a footballer so um, 
one it was just one Friday night I didn't have a job I'd left school at 16 and my mate rung me and he said mate the, the pot washer at Cafe Rouge has just walked out like stormed out fuming like do you want to come and like clean some dishes and I was thinking oh Friday night like um, so I went yeah sorry I'll do it so I went down um, straight in washing and stuff like that and um, I was on £3 an hour like at Cafe Rouge I was on £3 an hour can you imagine £3 an hour so like um, it was good though but it was just a bit of pocket money because yeah. like when you're starting to go out with your mates and stuff like that you need a little bit of kicking about cash so that's all it was and that's how it started so doing a bit of pot washing for the first three or four months and then we started learning how to cook and then you'd actually be one of the chefs um, but it was wicked like mm. being a chef's hard That's work you know mm. it's, it's really hard work hot kitchens Intense and long days and yeah. yeah it's like you've got to get it dirty. if you miss something like you're in trouble it was decent yeah That's cool. I don't know yeah. what this means you look like you could be a chef what does that mean I, don't, I have no idea what, on earth what is does it? a chef look like do you know what I think if you look at Ben you think yeah, that guy could be a chef you don't think that <laughs> what does Maisie look like or me <laughs> yeah not 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 if you're going to go down this chef. Road, yeah. yeah, not chef well, put, something well, on, then. put something on the table Come I don't know if it fits I just think it, you just look like you could be a chef I don't know, I don't know how to say I, that I, mean, I don't know what I'm supposed to reply to that Ben who did you support growing up um, I was a Tottenham fan yeah my brother um, my older brother was a big Tottenham fan and he just he just made me be a Tottenham fan um, as simple as that but like I said probably same for Maisie when you start playing football you just you have to just forget about it you do um, yeah that all that kind of stuff goes out the window so when you're playing against them it's not a thing that you're playing against your boyhood team yeah. do you think when you when you retire do you think that returns do you think you'll find a club or pick a club or would it be Tottenham or Watford or United or Birmingham uh, it'll, or... Be, it'll probably be West Brom yeah because that, that's where I spent the majority of my career yeah. so I spent I think I was there for eight years um, that's where I was when the kids were born mm-hmm. um and that they grew up as West Brom fans. They they always had the kits and they always went to watch and they loved it. So they they like you know even now I play for Watford. Obviously the kids want Watford to win, but they're always looking yeah. out for West Brom as well because they're West Brom fans. Mm. Yeah, it's nice though, that isn't I it? I yeah. think it sort of returns yeah. to you because right? yeah. you have to lose it in the professional game. It's amazing what you said to Helen about not not being in the academy system, it not being an option at sixteen about leaving the school. But at that point, was football still something you loved? Was it something you were obsessed with? Uh, yeah I was I was I was obsessed with it I was um, it's something as I got older I've, I've learned to not be so obsessed with it I think that's a good thing to have as well I don't think you can be um, sort of all consumed by football especially now as in this day and age where there's so many eyes on you you know like social media is massive and people are watching your every move and I think you need to have a little bit of a release a bit of a something away from football so obviously with, with the Cycling UK with, with the podcast um, having young kids um, you can't live and breathe football. You really can't. You, it's too, it gets too much. I think, like with all the mental health stuff that's going on nowadays, it, it's it's almost a bad thing to be that consumed in football. But yeah, as a kid, for sure, it was it, like like most kids are. You you just watch it all day long. Like you can't get enough of it. So when did your break come then? Uh, I was so I was playing non-league for this for this team, Racing Club Warwick, yeah. and. Um, the, uh, Did your brothers play for anyone? No, never. No. Like, so my dad, nothing major or anything like that. Um, just local teams. But um, I was playing for I was playing for the youth team of of this semi pro yeah. team, and um, we were playing on like a Tuesday night in somewhere in the local in in Birmingham, I think it was. And there was a there was a scout from Stoke City. His name's Colin Dobson. Um, he was driving home. The motorway had been shut, so he had to get off like the A roads or whatever. Um, and as he's driving down the A roads, he saw he's just saw, he'd seen some floodlights. There's traffic everywhere. 
because the motorway's been shut. So he was like, do you know what, sod it, I'll, I'll just go in and I'll watch the game and, and see what's going on. Um, and I actually had a decent game that game. So he, he was like, he made a note of it. He said, so then I came back to watch her the week after and the week after, and then I did really well, got into the first team. Um, so that's where it went. And so eventually they ended up they ended up see it's funny like I was playing for a semi-pro team and when they got wind that Stoke City were trying yeah. to buy me um, they 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 were naughty really but they put me on a contract so they got me to sign a contract like I was the only player on the team we were all earning like <laughs> yeah. we were earning 30 quid a game to play for Racing Club work but as soon as they got wind Stoke City were trying to buy me they put me on a contract which sort of locked me in a little bit so when Stoke came to buy me they had to sp- it was peanuts like it was like 20 grand or yeah, something yeah, they had yeah. to pay for me but still for but for Racing Club Warwick Massive. that was a big old deal but then also what, what Racing Club managed to do was they put in a, a salon clause so if Stoke ever sold me they would get a percentage of it and what then the when smartest semi pro yeah, club decent. ever it was really decent but the thing is Man United bought me from Stoke for a million quid yeah. or whatever then Stoke weasels absolute weasels went to Racing Club Warwick and said listen we've got this clause in like we don't really like that we'll give you 10 grand or whatever to get rid of the clause yeah, and they were yeah. like yeah buzzing buzzing a week later I signed for oh, naughty isn't wow. it it's naughty that yeah, are they know. still going racing club yeah still going yeah yeah still That's going they've got a nice obviously. 4G pitch now as well like yeah, it's yeah. lovely it is yeah. <laughs> the Ben Foster pitch yeah, no, yeah. it's an amazing yeah. name yeah racing club it's nice yeah. isn't it That's yeah cool. Rathing Rathing club <laughs> yeah. it's nice racing do you go watching them yeah, I do. Yeah, yeah my, my son plays for the the Aww. under thirteen, so um, go and watch some training and stuff like that. But yeah, it's nice. It's a nice little local team, to be fair. That's so when did you first hear that Stoke were interested? Um, the the Stoke one was when you're when you're playing for like semi pro and stuff like that. You always get wind that there might be scouts watching kind of things. There is the scouts from all up and down the football pyramid yeah. watching and stuff like that. And because I was doing well and I was young and I was big and all that kind of stuff, there was there was always word of oh, apparently this scouts watching today, this scouts watching today. Um, and you you just kind of don't really pay much attention to it until it's sort of concrete and they come in and they've made an offer. Um, you sign a contract. Yeah, and then then you then yeah then but then like I say you sign you sign for start sign just before the end of the season. Um, and I was I was miles off it. Like I was like I said, I was just winging it. I'd never had a goalie coach. I'd never had anything. Um, so when I when I got to Stoke and I'm like training with the first team, a proper goalie. So what coach, age was you then? Uh, Eighteen. 18. I literally just turned eighteen right. when they signed. Where are Stoke in the football period at this point? Because obviously they, uh, they were in the the championship. I think they were. Yeah, championship or league one maybe. Um, move, yeah, it was. It was a good move. It was a decent move, to be fair. Who yeah. was the manager then? Uh, the the manager that signed me was a guy called Gudjun Thordeson. Um They used to have like Icelandic links all the time, kind of thing. Yeah, so they had like load of Icelandic players, and they had an Icelandic manager. Um, but like I was at Stoke for what four or five years. I never I never played for Stoke. I was just sort of like always farmed out on loan, all that kind of stuff. It was good though. Five loans. Yeah, five loans so. all over the place. Like, um, but if you'd Stafford not been Rangers. through academy, yeah. you'd learnt a lot about the football league going out and all the Exactly, but, but all I'd ever done was just play matches. Like, I'd never really trained, mm. so I, I, I understood that I was fairly decent at playing actual football yeah. matches. Do you know what I mean? Whereas a lot of the kids coming through the academy haven't really been exposed to the football side yeah. of it. They've just been yeah. training and they've been taught all the basics and how to do this, that, and whatever. Um, so I think that's one thing probably I had on my side, on my, in my favour, that. I was decent at playing football matches, and then if they could teach me the basics, you know, you had a chance at least. 
when you're in there, at this point, are you now thinking, I'm going to make a career at this? This is what I'm going to do? I'm- no, hell, I'm on 250 <laughs> quid a week. I was on, I signed on 250 quid a week, and even then I thought, wow, this is massive. Yeah. I was on three quid an hour at Cafe Rouge. So, um, <laughs> yeah, 250 quid a week was incredible. I got myself a nice little Renault Clio. Um, so, I, yeah, it was wicked. It was absolute class. But... Um, no, I definitely. No, there was no way I was. It was going to be a. It was going to be a full-on career or anything like that. God no, God no. I did your cruise shirt though, right? I did my cruise. I've done it three times in total. Yeah, cruise shirt's a naughty injury, you know. I don't know. Sydney. No, two on my right, one on the left. Um, so obviously the foster knees are just shot to pieces, like all, all through. My dad's got bad knees, my brothers have it, all sorts. How do you do um, about cycling then? So cycling's the only thing I think yeah. that holds it together because it's not. It's just that same, it's like yeah, yeah. a machine kind of thing. Do you know what I mean? Yeah. There's no impact, all that kind of stuff. So it's, it's I, I honestly attribute the fact that I've managed to play to like late 30s on cycling because it must work all the little muscles, all the little bits and bobs and keeps them strong. Just off topic, how many miles do you think you cycle a week? Um, it just depends on the weather. It depends on the weather. Okay, so a good week? In, on a good week. In the summer. Um, or do yeah. you do kilometres? Yeah, I do. Uh, okay. What, 100 miles a week, probably. Depends. Wow. Depends, though, really. Maybe a bit more. Depends. Yeah. And Maisie wasn't even going to walk from the train station to here. He wanted to get a taxi. What? It's a 10 minute yeah, walk, to be fair. No, no, but I didn't know where it was. I showed you on the map. Yeah, but... Hold on, you showed me on the map, we were going the other way. It's a 10 or 15 minute walk, to be fair. Nine, like, it's a bit of a slog, minutes. isn't it? Nine, yeah. Get yourself on the bike, Maisie, honestly, because I, I love my food, I love my drink, like, so I'll, I'll happily eat and drink whatever I want, but as long as I do the bike, it's fine. So I'll get home tonight and I'll do an hour on the bike, because I know I've got, I've got two like, massive porterhouse steaks in the fridge that I got avocado last night, so I'm going to cut them up later on tonight, I'm buzzing for them. Um, but I'll do an hour on the bike as well. Um, because yeah, you used to cycle to West Brom, didn't you? From a here? couple of times, yeah. I've done that a few times, yeah. That's that's, that's a hard that's a hard work to be fair. When you got a, uh, so it's about forty miles. So you'd ride there, train, and then ride home. The ride home's a nightmare because you're knackered from training anyway, knackered from the bike in the morning. Um, I didn't do it all the time. I did do it a few times. Like, it was a grind. It, yeah. it was Why? Um, just for the fun of it, like just for. <laughs> Just because, like, at the end of Not every fun. season, right, it would have been towards the end of the season where I'm trying to get fit and stuff because at the end of every season... we fairly styling. I like, no, I've got goalies aren't. Goalies don't need to be fit. We're different. Um, yeah. But at the end of every season, I we normally go on holiday to Mallorca, do, like, a cycling holiday for, like, right. four or five days kind of thing. So, literally, the last game of this season we is a Sunday. We fly out on the Monday, for example, um, out to Mallorca for five days, up and down the mountains, all that kind of stuff. So, it would have just been training for that. It would have just been training. Was Tony Pulis on that holiday? Uh, <laughs> on his man, bike. You know, what a guy. He, he, that's all we ever used to speak about. You know, he was the same. He didn't really care about football either. He would just be talking about cycling all the time. He was wicked. <laughs> Sorry, I totally went off topic yeah. there. Um, let's talk about Manchester United. When did you first hear that they were interested in you after all these loans that you'd had? I just must mention Bristol City, Tiverton Town, Stafford Rangers, Kidderminster Harriers and Wrexham and then Manchester United interest. Yeah, it's um, yeah, you don't really normally get sort of lists that go like that and then straight to Man United. Yeah. So you can imagine when I when I first found out it was just pure, pure disbelief, honestly. So I was I was on loan at, at Wrexham. And um, so Darren Ferguson, obviously, that was when Darren Ferguson was there at Wrexham, um, when he was still playing. Actually, he was a decent player. To be fair, yeah. Fergie was. He was. He was like he couldn't really move about, but he was. He would give him the ball, and he would he'd do something with it. Did you just call um, him Fergie? Yeah, young oh, Fergie. That's so weird. I know. That's what. That's what you'd I call him. It was. It was Fergie. Yeah, Ferguson. Yeah. 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 No, but yeah. I just didn't think that his son would be called that too. Yeah. Just out of it, so he was. He was Fergie. Yeah. <laughs> Sorry. Um, Fergie was wicked. To be fair, Fergie was a good lad. He. he, he he would, you wouldn't have thought his dad's Alex Ferguson he just he never spoke about it or anything he just mm. got went about yeah. his business he was club captain all sorts um, so yeah towards the end of the season um, 
we I think we got relegated that season we were struggling a bit but I was I was busy it was like making saves all over the shop kind of thing um, and we had a we had a cup final in the um, used to be the Aldi V Vans I don't know what it's called yeah. now like is it I don't know whatever it's yeah. called the lower yeah. league trophy yeah. nowadays kind of thing um, and we got to the cup final it was at the Millennium Stadium because Wembley was still being built and um, we were playing South South I don't know South End South End we were playing South End in the final and um, again, I had a decent game, really good game, made some saves, all that kind of stuff. But about three quarters of the way through, um, the big screen sort of showed uh, Alex Ferguson, obviously, today, supporting, supporting his son. Um, so anyway, I played the game, did really well. And then a few weeks later, um, Darren just sort of pulled me to one side after training. He said, um, he said, what's happening with your contract at, at Stoke? I said, mate, I don't know, I've got another year left. I said, I don't know, like, I'll just wait and see. But yeah. I, I can't imagine me playing at Stoke because Tony Pulis was the manager and he, he liked experienced goalies. He just liked old experienced goalies, which was fair enough, it, it is what it was. Um, so I, I think I was 22, 23 at the time. Um, and he said, well, listen, he said, just just keep doing what you're doing. He said, because my dad's like, he's, he's watching you, you know, he, he's got Tony Coton coming out to watch you. Um, so I'm thinking, Friggin' now, this is like this is <laughs> mad, yeah. You know, we've, we've probably got seven or eight games left to the end of the season, so um, I'm just gonna have to make sure I just keep on going. Do you know what I mean? Keep putting in the good performance and stuff like that, which is easier said than done when you know you got Man United watching you. Uh, but thankfully, went 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 all well. Um, but I'll get. By the way, he said, "Don't." He goes, "Don't tell anyone. You can't tell anyone. You have got to keep it on the download, mate." I was, I was like, <laughs> listen to this, listen to this. Um, telling everybody like and <laughs> even they were like yeah good and no chance there's no way you were signing for Man United um, but yeah that was it it was mad it was um, literally the start of the next season came round um, we're all in pre-season training and stuff like that and um, I, I knew about it because I knew like my agent had said mm. this and they've been talking they're, they're close to agreeing terms all this kind of did stuff did you speak to Fergie at all so, not until not until the day I went to sign Right. Um, so once once it had all been agreed, kind of thing. Um, I remember I was actually playing darts with with Carl Henry in the changing rooms at um, at Stoke, and he was about like two hundred quid down to me. Yeah? So I, he owed me two hundred quid, and somebody's walked in and gone, "Fozzy, like Man United, like you going Man United?" And I was kind of like, I think I've just gone like bright red, like, <laughs> and he's and he's like he's like halfway through a dart, and he's gone. Fozzie, if you go Man United, you let me off two hundred quid, yeah. And I've got <laughs> all right, sweet, yeah. So I actually did let him off as well, which he was buzzing about. Um, but that was it, yeah. So the ne very next day, it was like, right, you you got to get yourself up to Carrington, um, and we'll we'll basically we'll show you around and all that kind of stuff. I didn't have a clue how it worked. I didn't have a clue who was yeah. going to be showing me around anything. Um, so travelled up my agent the next day. Um, it was a Sunday. We got up and Alex. What was that? What was that conversation like driving up? Um, do you know what I haven't got a clue I honestly can't remember it would have been one of just absolute yeah. wow like yeah, yeah. it was just purely nervous everything like crapping yourself kind of thing because mm -hmm. you just don't know what to yeah. expect it's a big it's a huge leap isn't yeah. it it's a huge leap um, so we've arrived at uh, Carrington on the Sunday um, gone through the reception what's the uh, who's the lady on reception Kath Kath yeah, yeah. good old Kath she was there she was lovely um, and then she's gone straight away to get Sir Alex Ferguson so he's walked down and I'm thinking Jesus like, the main man's here to greet me like on a Sunday do you know what I mean like there's nobody else in the building the lads had a day off um, and he was there to show me around I'm thinking this and is and you never met him before never met him before even no. in the cup final nothing after, no, no I never no. met him no but I, I, the, the thing that struck me was 
it's a Sunday, right? The lads have got a day off, yeah? And he's still in there. Do you know what I mean? And he's, like, I, to be fair, like, I was a very insignificant player. I'm a million-pound goalkeeper. I'm probably not going to be with the first team straight away. He doesn't need to do that, does he? Do you know what I mean? No. He didn't need he to do that. He could have waited till the Monday, exactly, you mean, when everybody yeah. was in. Exactly, he But didn't that's need what to makes him that. special. Exactly. So he, and, he, and he's walked me around the whole of Carrington on this Sunday morning. And it was weird because at times we were walking past the tellies that were on and Sky Sports News was on. And there's times when he was on the telly and he's walking me around I was like, this is just mad this is so cool um, we go into the gym and like I say everybody had a day off but Gary Neville was on a treadmill running yeah. like and usual Gary Neville style kind of thing he went Gaz this is Ben and Gaz is just running and just goes right and just didn't like give me nothing or else like, oh, yeah, sorry. Um, but yeah that was it he showed me all around and then agents went and did the deal all that kind of stuff personal terms um, and that was it I, I, I remember the next day Tony Coton um, got when it was actually starting training and stuff and he, he just pulled me aside and he was like listen he says you're, you're going to go out on loan he says for, for one year for sure maybe for two who was the first team uh, keepers then uh, Van der Sar had just right. signed so Van der Sar had just signed so Tim Howard was still there yeah. um, Tom Heaton uh, Luke Steele yeah. um, so yeah he was like listen you're going to go out on loan straight away uh, for, for at least a year maybe two um, and we'll just see how you go basically uh, he, he, he was straight away he was like listen I want you to go out on loan to Watford he said I know Watford very well yeah. uh, it's a team I played for uh, we've got good links with them anyway we've always sent home players there so that was it yeah trained with trained with the team for a few weeks I think we had a, a pre-season tour to South Africa maybe and um, this is the first team so obviously you said you thought you didn't know if you were going to be with the first team yeah it, well, that's what I mean so I was with the first team so even then I'm just thinking Fuck. is that the one where they met Nelson Mandela yeah it was yeah so, so a couple of years yeah. ago you think you're not going to be a footballer next yeah. thing you know you're in South Africa with, with yeah, Nelson Mandela with Maniva, just chilling <laughs> um, but yeah it was it was so it was so like weird like you're training with the first team lads and stuff like that and you're getting to watch some of the best players in the world just sort of just having a nice time but they're just incredible at football um Scolzi, Giggsy, you know like yeah. was there all them just doing it um so at first I was yeah I was proper I was I, I just really couldn't wrap my head around the fact that I was good enough to play for Man United I always I was straight away just thinking well they're going to basically see me in training and go, what have we done? Like, Honestly, I, I swear to you, for the first... For that must have been quite tough, though. Oh, to super go tough, yeah. It was, it was super tough, honestly, yeah. because I'm just thinking they're going to realise and they're going to be like, oh, for God's sake. But I'm thinking, well, they're paying me this much a week yeah. and I've got it for like two or three years. So they've got to pay me that at least. <laughs> they, they, they can't get out of that. Um, so, yeah, that, that was it. Like, And then pretty much straight away we're out on loan. But you got, you got changed in the first team? No, I was in the, the, the resis to start right, with. Yeah, that's when it was the resis. Yeah, right. Yeah. So when you first started training with the first team, as you say, Giggsy, Scolzi, Waza, all those players. Yeah. Did you notice any difference from training at Stoke or Wrexham? I mean, you would. Well, yeah. For, this is the thing. I never really got the chance to fully train with the Man United first team for a while because, like, when even when I was out at Watford, they would send me back on the international breaks, but the international breaks were on, so yeah. all the good players had gone, basically. Do you know what yeah, I mean? It was yeah, just, yeah. like, the sort of the eggs left back there kind of thing. So we were training with, like, Scholes, who had probably retired by then, who was, like, didn't, <laughs> he, he didn't even want to go and train anyway. Um, but we, yeah, we, like, so I never really got a chance to train with them, yeah. but then at the end of the second year at Watford, I got called into the England team mm -hmm. um, as, like, a standby goalie sort of thing, so I had to go and train with them for a couple of weeks. So I saw the standard 
of what England was like. So I was like, oh, this is this is decent to be fair. It's just quicker, it's faster, everyone's better, everyone's yeah. stronger. Um, so I had, a, I had a feeling of what it was going to be like when you're back at Man United. Um, and it's funny because Gary Neville always used to say to me, he was like, listen, if you can play for Man United, playing for England's a doddle. Mm-hmm. Um, I, I, the, my problem was I couldn't play for Man United. <laughs> so playing for England was a problem. Um, but it, it, like... Even, I'd say even at that time the the level at Man United was probably better than the level at England mm. that's how good Man United were at that time proper in their pomp the big boys just doing it week in week out mm. relentlessly you just left two years before that I was 2003 mm. yeah yeah I think I was yeah 2005 probably, yeah, yeah. Yeah, yeah, so, yeah. Mm. how did you feel about knowing that you were going straight up to London and heading straight to Watford I was buzzing, yeah. I just wanted to play. Like I say, for me, I've always been the same way. Training's okay. I, I, you know, I take or leave training, but playing actual games in front of people where it matters and there's something on yeah. the line, that's the bit for me that, that's always done it, yeah. And your relationship, obviously, with Sir Alex started very well. He's met you. You were surprised by that. That was really nice. And then at Watford, am I right in thinking you thought there was a game at seven, you turned up at five, yeah. and then a letter No, 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 the, the game was at five. I, I thought it was seven. Yeah. And I turned up like, I, I, I literally got to the stadium about an hour before kickoff, and um, so I was driving, and it was so weird because it was it was still it was summer. It was early season, so it was summer, so it was like really light still late on. Um, and I'm driving to the stadium, thinking, "Wow, there's some busy fans around." Like, do you know what I mean? Why is there so many fans around? Kickoff's not for like three hours or something. There's so many around. Um, and then I just it just dawns and you just just in case just check your phone so I check my phone and it's on fire like it's burning there's messages missed calls everything it's just constantly going um, so I'm sort of like hello and like, where are you and I was thinking oh no no like I've got my times wrong um, I was like what and they was like kickoffs in like an hour so I'm like oh no so I've had to leave my car at the top of the road because there's all traffic everywhere I've had to like sprint in get in there um, to be fair Aidy Bufo he was a manager he was wicked he was he was he was top class he was very good at so he, he his people skills were still like one of the best I've seen but yeah it's a horrible feeling but did he, he wrote a letter to Sir Alex yeah, right yeah and then did Sir Alex call you after that? So what? So again, because because I was on loan from Man United, I think what AD wanted to do was he wanted to he wanted to make sure that he he was doing it so comprehensively. Every game was sort of like he would give me a mark. He would say how I'm done, like in communication and yeah. kicking and distribution yeah. saving. is that quite normal uh, I don't know if it is I think he was probably just trying to impress Sir Alex Ferguson right, to okay. um, but he definitely did it for me so he was doing it every game kind of thing and I was still at a time when I was I was fairly young so I was sloppy as you like you know mm. I, was, I was down there by myself um, I was I was like late for training and stuff and so I was just sloppy like super like unprofessional I didn't really know how to be professional anyway um, but I was super sloppy and do you know what? It was probably the best thing he could have done for me. He, he did this like dossier of how I was doing and performing around the place, professional. Um, and he just gave me like a friggin' D in every like mark, basically. Just absolutely slaughtered me um, and sent it off to Alex Ferguson. And he told me he was doing it as well. And I was thinking, oh, no, don't, <laughs> don't. Um, but without doubt, the best thing I've ever done. So the, the, by the time the next international break came round, I went back up to Man United to train because they always did that. They'd send me back up yeah. there for the week to just to train and get used to the play. Oh, he absolutely battered me. He battered me. He did. Really? Like this, that first day back in, I knew 
I didn't know, but I thought, I wonder if he's going to call me into the office and, and give me a go. But like, I honestly think it was one of the best things he yeah, did yeah. because from that moment on, I thought, I can't have another one of these. I can't Did have you another. deserve those marks? For sure. Yeah. For sure I did, yeah, for, without doubt. So I think I, I can't have another one of these again. So um, from that moment, went back and I made a point of, right, that you, if you want to be a footballer, you've got to do it properly. You know yeah, what I mean? Yeah. You, have to, you have to play by the rules. And that was probably the start of me sort of taking off and actually starting to do a bit. Yeah. How old were you then? I think I was chuck, maybe 24, maybe 24. 24 and still getting a score report. Still, honestly, yeah. <laughs> but like, I, I, and it sounds mad, but like so sloppy though. Like so, because I'd never done it. Have you still done it? I didn't know. Yeah, I, no, didn't know. <laughs> I didn't know. I didn't know yeah. what, the, what, what the standard was. I yeah. didn't know how to be professional. I didn't know what to eat or, do you know what I mean? Or do gym. I didn't do gym work. Like, do you know what I mean? You just went and played and that was it. Yeah. Yeah. Did you have any more of those encounters with Sir Alex? Um, the only other in- I, I had a, I've had a couple hair dryers I had yeah. a couple hair dryers from him um, which were brutal um, the man do you know what do you know what always kills me is whenever whenever it's derby day right it's the 4-3 yeah the 4-3 one right so they'll always show the 4-3 one yeah. where I had the stinker right I do and this 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 one little bit right I don't think I've ever told anyone this um, is when we obviously we're buzzing we've won the game 4-3 right I know I've had a bad game though I know it right it's a stink it's probably one of the worst games I've had um, but my seat the first choice goalkeeper was literally by the door as you walked into the change room so you just sat there so in the change rooms afterwards we've always had the telly on of like the like it'll be the soccer Sunday yeah, or soccer Saturday yeah. or whatever it is and it'll be, it'll be showing the, the highlights yeah, yeah, yeah. They, they'll be showing the highlights of the game that, that's been on the telly and obviously we the, the Manchester Derby is always on the telly um, so I'm sitting there and Fergie's obviously had to do some press and bits and bobs and so before so, so he's about five minutes late to come into the change room and I'm sat there by the door and he's just walked in quiet and everybody sort of, not really, everybody just carried on really, but he's watching it and he's watching a couple of the goals go in that I've had a stinker with and he's muttered under his breath, oh, I think it's time for a rest, son. And I was there <laughs> sitting there going, oh God, that's horrible. I think he's talking about me. Um, and he, well, it was horrible, yeah. But I think um, the why I actually started that season was because Edwin, Edwin broke his hand in a pre-season friendly. I think it was against Bayern Munich or right. something. Um, it went to a, like a pre-season friendly went to a penalty shootout and he made a save and broke his hand at the same point um, so that's when like it was like oh you're going to start a season so I was like friggin' now pressure's on now like. Had you trained a lot with Edwin at this point? Yeah I trained with Edwin quite a bit to be fair I've got to say Edwin was just what a guy like honestly what a, like not even as a footballer just as a bloke just mm-hmm. an absolute role model kind of thing just how we how we carried himself um, he just he just was in control of absolutely everything he was so good at like being able to talk to people and put them at ease and all that kind of stuff and he was so good for me so helpful and just showing me stuff and how to do what to do in what situation um, so yeah I loved Edwin to bits and as a goalkeeper my gosh my Don't gosh so so honestly so I, th- I think Edwin was what 35 when he signed for United mm-hmm. um and I think for, for that four or five years when he was there, I don't think there was, there was a better goalie in the world that could have done for no. Man United what Edwin did for Man United. Mm-hmm. He was outrageous, honestly. Outrageous. Do you, do you feel, way about how helpful he was for you, in terms of your career at Manchester United, or your ambitions for a career at Manchester United, was it helpful to have Edwin van der Sar there setting that incredible standard? Did you find that something to aspire to or was no, it almost like I was so I nervous I mate. can't touch that uh, you, you couldn't I couldn't beat it I knew I couldn't beat it honestly I knew I couldn't do what that guy could do so always in the back of my mind I'm thinking everybody's just going to go well you can't fill his boots and they, they were right to they've got to be right do you know what I mean it's one of the best goalies to have to have done it kind of thing so I, had, I always had that in the back of my mind and 
like I say, when it, when it didn't really work out for me, in my, the games I played, I didn't really do too well. Um, so towards the end of that season, when I actually left, I was honestly, I got to the point where I said, I need to go now. I just need to go. I can't, I can't stay in the shadow of Edwin van der Sar because I just can't do what that guy can do. And that is what it is. You know what I mean? It's. I what think, was it you couldn't do? I just I just couldn't deal with the the I think because he was so much older than me, I think he was 30, so when I left I think he might have been about 37 38 yeah. um he he knew how to deal with being a man united player he was like world class you know what I mean he knew how to deal yeah. with being at man united and dealing with the pressure the expectation I did not know how to do that I had never nobody had ever showed or taught me how to do that do you know what I mean people show you how to play football but they they can't ever show you or expose you to that level of sort of scrutiny um, and pressure until you're there in that moment. So yeah, we have had a bit deep then, didn't it? Nice, we've had that conversation with quite a few people. But you don't realise the pressure playing for Manchester United until you've been there. Yeah, and especially for you, spent going to other Premier League clubs after Man United, you realise it even more as well what you've yeah. been through. Yeah, for sure. So, so like I said, when I when I when I left United, I, I straight I went to Birmingham, um, and I was only there for a year, but. As soon as I signed for Birmingham, honestly, the pressure was just, it's just like it just went. It just went. And I, I could actually go and enjoy playing football. Because I remember at United, like every minute of every game, right, at May night, I used to just think, I hate this. I'm not enjoying this. I'm not enjoying it. It's, I just don't know how to yeah. deal with this. And I, I, you can't play your best football when you're thinking that no. all the time. There's no way did you, you can play Did your you best think football. then you went to United? Because it was a, the other yeah. goal. Um, Tim Howard said the same thing. Yeah. Maybe he went there a little bit too early. Yeah, he said what he yeah. said, didn't he? Yeah. And he said he was just like, wow. Yeah. It's like I said. When you look bad, you think maybe I should have. You could never have turned it down. But do you think if I'd have had another couple of years playing, say, at Watford or wherever, I'd have been a lot more. Yeah, it might have been mature, yeah, mature to it. Um, I've never changed anything, never. No, no, just no. because I, I love the way that it's oh, everything has taught me something. Sure. Do you know what I mean? Yeah, so even yeah, the yeah. bad stuff, all, all like the good stuff, you learn stuff from it, and you learn how to deal with something similar when it comes up in the future. So I'd never change it, but yeah, for sure, I think maybe if it would have come a few years later, it might have been a bit mm. different. But even then, I don't really, you know, I don't really think about, I don't think about things no. like that anyway. But yeah, it's, it's a good question. To be fair, it is a good question. Yeah, mm-hmm. you can't you can't play football though when you're not enjoying it. Honestly, when you're not enjoying, Mickey, it, you Mickey, don't ever. Mickey get to Thomas said the same thing. Playing at United, it was just under that yeah. intense scrutiny. You know, obviously your goalkeeper, which magnifies it ten times more because if you make a mistake, generally it's a goal. Forwards can miss six yeah. chances and then nothing gets said about yeah. it. But being a goalkeeper, you are under the microscope all the time. And obviously because it's Manchester United as well, you, you, you look at social media now. Every you know. Sky News, Sky Sports News, it's all about Manchester United. Yeah, for sure. Always. Like everything, every news outlet, the top four or five stories about Man United, there will always be that way as well. I think. In, in modern day football nowadays to be a goalkeeper at Man United I think mo- I think most goalkeepers top goalkeepers yeah. are very similar I think even in the Premier League to be fair in terms of ability I think most goalies are the same yeah. um, we can all kick it we can all save we can, we're all agile all quick everything like that I think the difference that separates the, the proper goalies the big boys is being able to have it in the head as well mm-hmm. is so to play for a team like Man United for me David De Gea there's people that will say bits and bobs about that I love him to bits because yeah. I think regardless he will always go out there and give you you know he's going to give at least a 7 out of 10 yeah, yeah, yeah. 7 out of 10 same for like even Liverpool like Man City the, the two goalies they've got that I watch them and it's genuinely like they 
are not bothered at all. They, I've seen, I've seen Edison croif somebody on his six-yard line before, and I think, what are you doing? Yeah. Like, that's the, you can't do that. You can't croif somebody, but he genuinely weren't scared of the outcome of it. So even if they tackled him, he would have got the ball out the back of the and gone, never mind. Yeah. Let's crack on. Yeah. Do you know what I mean? Like that's that's the bit is the mentality bit. Mm. If you can nail the mentality bit and. Like so, when you're out on training pitch, you are doing it autopilot, and you're smiling, pressure, you're having yeah. a nice time. There's no pressure, and if you can do that on the pitch and replicate that, I think that's when you can smash it. Mm-hmm. Do you think it's because you didn't come through that academy system, though? Yeah, maybe. I think just, I think just, I think a lot of it is just how you are as a person, what you've been exposed to as a youngster yeah. growing up, like the family, your family, yeah. all that kind of stuff. We, like, I'm, I've got a very close knit family kind of thing, but we've never been sort of. We're not extroverts or anything. You know, I think sometimes the the big boys, the big players, they are kind of extroverts a little bit. They've got they want to show off. They're like peacocks. Do you know what I mean? They they can't wait to spread the wings and go. Look at me. Look what. So I've like got. they want the challenge. Yeah, they want the I'll challenge. Spread the feathers. Yeah, yeah, exactly. Yeah. yeah. So they they buzz off it kind of thing. But some some people just aren't built like that. And I've seen before you talk about your close knit family and maybe did that make life harder being in Manchester with your family? I guess did they stay here? Yeah, so my, like I say, my family down here in, in the Midlands. Um, and we lived, to be fair, we actually really enjoyed it when we lived up there. We lived in Holmes Chapel, which was probably 20 minutes, 25 minutes away from the training ground. Um, but we had we had, we had had a nice little friends unit, all that kind of mm. stuff around there. So it was definitely nothing to do with that. I just think I just think it is, it's what you are as a person. Mm. Do you know what I mean? It's just how you are able to deal with those things, especially when nobody's ever taught you or showed you how to deal with them things. Were there any moments that you enjoyed? No, I don't think really? there was. By the League Cup final. Uh, yeah, no, I'm only joking. I am only joking. Um, because, I, like I say, even if even if it's crap and like the performances weren't good and you get like heckled and all that, you learn from it. And I think that's the beauty of like when you get older, you look back and you think, yeah, do you know what? That was pretty cool, actually. So like, a load of people when I was leaving, they always said to me, like, yeah, but, you know, wouldn't it be cool to say to your kids you played for Man United yeah. and you won this and you won that? And I'm thinking, no, actually, like, that's not something that interests me. I just want to play football and be happy. So I think if you're happy playing football with your job, you're happy in life. Do you know what I mean? Absolutely. Like, if you, you you don't get you then you won't come home and take yeah. out on your misses and moan at her and shout at her and shout at the kids and stuff like that because you're happy in your workplace. Um, so that for me was the biggest part of wanting to leave because I just wanted to be happy playing with what my job was basically. Yeah. Um, but no, there were for sure there were there were some good times to be fair. I met a lot of people that I still still know now. You know, even to, to be fair, even when I go back to Man- Manchester and play there, um, we there's still a lot of staff that were there that have been yeah. there for a long time. Like Al Wiley and Ian the Kit Man, people like that. People have been there for probably twenty five odd years mm. or more. And you always um, get a good reception as well. Yeah, right? I so, do. To be fair, I always nice. get a good reception yeah. as well. Yeah. And the teams that you've went on to play with or play for there's always a Man United connection because yeah. so many people that have come through the yeah. academy you look at Craig Cathcart Tom Clevery for example they've got that pedigree and other Premier League clubs tend to want them yeah, do you there find is. that? there's loads there is there's absolutely loads who, who you come up against like even Josh King you know there's like especially at Watford we have we've got like four or five players that have, yeah. have been at United so they've seen it from that side of it and the the beauty of having played for Man United, especially back then when we were there, was you got to saw it that see it at the top level, mm. like the the most professional, like the relentlessness of just doing it day after day after day. And so now we're like later in our career, sort of thing, mid thirties or thirty two, yeah. thirty three, um, and we still do the same professional stuff every single day so every single training session is you'll get it going and you're on top of it and we're the guys picking the young lads up and go no you can't do that you got to do it like That's this good. and you try and raise the standards and that but so I definitely think it's instilled a lot of sort of professionalism mm-hmm. in us anyway we'll talk about that side and the relentless trophy winning you had a big part in that obviously winning the league cup you're man of the match in the final you saved Jamie Harris penalty what was that experience like did you know you're going to be playing in the final 
Um, yes, I did. I think that that that's one thing that Alex Ferguson was really really good at was was making sure some of the fringe players mm-hmm. felt like they had a purpose, and mm-hmm. so the, the I, I suppose it was easier for him in a in a sense because. Man United competed on every front. Like they were in, they were in the Champions League until the final semi-finals, League Cup, FA Cup. They were always fighting in the Premier League. So he always had another game, and he was always he was so good at blooding like the younger lads, mixing it with a mix of the first team players in the FA Cup and the League Cup. Um, so for me, the League Cup was what kept me going, was kept me driving, yeah, training, yeah. working hard because I knew I'd have a chance of playing sort of thing. So yeah, he, I remember him, him pulling me um, after the after the semi-final and saying, "Listen." you're going to play in the final and he told me this weeks in advance as well so I had time to wrap my head around it mm-hmm. which was incredible like, it was so good um, because then you can you can be yeah, properly prepared for yeah. it in the, in the coming weeks in training even then you, you can do it properly mm-hmm. so you, you know for a fact when you get to the game you think I've left no stone unturned here um, did that help you though yeah for sure yeah, yeah it did definitely well, did, some yeah. people that might yeah it, again way. you just don't know you just yeah. don't know how it's going to go like even in the game I think I remember in the game um I, I ran out on the corner to try and cut one out and he actually got there first I think it was Darren Bent or somebody got there first and took it round me tried to cut it back and thankfully we cleared it but if that ball goes in the back yeah, of the net yeah. that's a bad start to a game I'm thinking oh here we go <laughs> God's sake but it didn't and then make a couple saves you go into the game come out for a few crosses um, Do you get so- nervous before games? Not anymore, no. Like I say, back then, yeah, yeah for yeah. sure, yeah. Back then it was, yeah. Just for United, or for I think, um, I think just probably when you're younger, you you just try and overanalyze stuff like you do. I notice it now with some of our players, sort of thing. When when we're playing on a Saturday, for example, on a Monday, Tuesday, Wednesday, the lads are free spirited. They're just chilling. They're having a nice time. But then on a Thursday, Friday, you notice them try. They get so a bit insular. Yeah, they, oh, they they do. They get a bit more insular. They don't want to talk so much. They don't want to joke about because they feel the pressure of that match day coming on them. And it's funny. And to you're say, there with your camera. Yeah, <laughs> there's me going. Looking forward to Speak. getting. <laughs> I've never thought about that. Maybe yeah. I shouldn't do this. Yeah. Uh, Maybe that's why they're like, oh, no, Thursdays yeah. and Fridays. Don't blame it on me. It's not my fault. Um, no, it was the League Cup final was wicked. To be fair, so yeah, we we got to the penalty shootout and um, on in goal for Tottenham match it was Aurelio Gomez, who I know really well from from being at Watford for a few years. But lovely guy. Um, but I still think the the class of the penalty takers for us that day was like honestly top class. Like. Um, Carlos Tevez, uh, Anderson, you know, Anderson, like, I don't, you should get him on a podcast. Yeah, so that guy is some sort of a weapon, honestly. <laughs> he could have been the best player in the world at one point. I promise you, he could. He could have been, everybody would say it, he could have been the best player in the world at some point. But he just, he didn't care. He didn't care about anything. Like, he, honestly, he didn't care about anything. I mentioned, I said earlier about being professional. He was the worst professional I've ever met in my life. He didn't do anything. He was so lazy. But you put him on a pitch, yeah. and it, it was like that. Well, yeah. Carlos Tevez, the same sort of thing. Put him on a pitch. Oh my God. Like, he was We're just in Brazilian mode, aren't yeah, they? It, that's what it Chilled is. It's got, it's got to be something, like South American something. Yeah. Like, they, it's got to be something, isn't it? So, anyway, yeah, we um, yeah we obviously made the save from Jamie O'Hara. So, this is the whole iPad thing as well. So. Yes. Was it, was it an iPod video? Uh, yeah, iPod. It was iPod yeah. video. Yeah. So it's common practice to be fair, and they would do. Everybody was doing it at that point. Anyway, it's just that it was the first time that somebody actually saw it on the pitch mm. and somebody holding it. Um, so Steely, the goalie coach, was showing it me. And it, to be fair, the first penalty was Jamie O'Hara, and he was like, "Try and stand your ground a bit." but he will put it just sort of to your left kind of thing. So I was like, all right, cool. So you know where you're doing, know what you're doing and stuff. Um, and it got us off to a good start because obviously it saved the first penalty. I think, um, who was it missed the second penalty? Uh, what's his name? Used to play for Arsenal. Not Arsenal, Tottenham. Bentley. 
Yeah, Bentley. Bentley. Yeah, yeah, Bentley, yeah. Um, and then he missed a second or third penalty, and to be fair, our lads were just slotting it away. Um, so, and uh, another funny thing is we, we've gone up to collect the trophy, and um, nobody knows who's like man of the match really until like when you're up there. So we're, we have to wait in this bit up the steps before you go up, yeah. and. Um, no, like I said, nobody knows who's going to be man of the match. Then eventually, some guy comes over with the trophy and he's like, uh, Ben, you're man of the match. You can have that. You can take it up with you. So I remember him giving it me, like, and I'm just buzzing my tree off. <laughs> this is ridiculous. Like, but Rio was standing there. He was fuming, honestly, genuinely fuming. I'm not because he didn't get it. He was not even joking. Right? He went, How the heck have you won? Like, I was incredible, and like he sat, and I'm thinking, yeah, I don't like you, mate. Whatever, kind of thing. But he's genuinely fuming. Um, but yeah, that, that was that was pretty cool to be fair. That was definitely without doubt the highlight of my time at Man United. Yeah, it was good. Big old trophy. It's the Man of the Match trophy. Yeah, it is. Yeah, uh, Alan Hardacre trophy. It's called. Cool. So it? nobody actually yeah. presented it to you. Some of the guy just came over and went, "That's for yeah, you." Yeah, they just sort of. Well, give that's it, a bit yeah. of an anticlimax. You want them to announce it yeah, and stuff, yeah, yeah. don't you? Yeah, yeah, yeah. Did they even announce it at all? I think they just put a picture on the thing. Maybe they right. do it as something. Yeah, something. Nothing. Yeah, yeah. It's not like glitzy or glamour or anything. Good so, celebration? Uh, no, again, like I say, this is no. There wasn't any celebration. Did you find that Fergie just went. Oh, the gaffer just used to go. Right, that's it. We've won that. Put that to bed. That's exactly how it went. That's exactly. And did how you it think went. that's strange? You just won a trophy. Exactly that. Yeah. This is exactly how it went. Um, I'm, I'm expecting us to be like, right, where are we going tonight, lads? We having it tonight? Like, we're going out, blah blah blah. Um, and it wasn't. You were on back on the train, um, straight back up to Manchester, and it was a case of right, lads, we've got. Um, I think we had a Champions League match on Wednesday so it was like right. lads training tomorrow because it's Champions League and it was forgotten like that and I'm and being, you're buzzing yeah, and I'm thinking, come on I'm, I still went out I still had a lovely time like, but um, yeah that's that's what it was though because yeah. they, were, they were they were relentless they were just game after game after game and it was forget that one move on to the next mm-hmm. one did you find that mindset and maybe Sir Alex's level of control around that ever difficult because I'm sure you've told a story before about him uh, calling you in because you tried to you spoke to an Audi dealership about your wife's car yeah he had, he, he had eyes everywhere he had absolutely eyes everywhere so even that for example was the, the, which is so you don't get many managers like that nowadays who manage like properly manage the, the club. whole club yeah. the yeah. whole club he managed everything like he knew about everything so mm-hmm. you couldn't move a muscle or do anything dodgy without him knowing you and he, he was the world's best man at loving confrontation like <laughs> Some people hate confrontation. He loved confrontation. Like it was his favourite. Yeah. So, so like even that, for example, right? We I ordered a, an Audi TT for my missus, and um, they they said basically it would be delivered on Wednesday. We got to Wednesday. We'd already sold the old car, which was like a I don't know Fiesta yeah. or something like that. Um, because we're expecting to pick this car up, we've yeah. been told it's Wednesday. We get to Wednesday. No, the car's going to be another week. So I was like. Come on, like that's you know what I mean. That's not that's not cool. We we haven't got a car now. So anyway, my missus rung like the Audi woman who was dealing with us. She was like, "You're killing me!" Like blah blah blah. Didn't go. My missus no, wouldn't no. go off on anyone at all. Like she would have just told him, like, "Come on, you're killing me a bit." Um, but then she went and rang um, Anne Wiley, which is <laughs> Fergie's like secretary, and said, "Like I've had Kate Foster on the phone. She's been telling me this bang out of order." And I'm thinking, you snitch like <laughs> proper snitch like so then Fergie calls me into an office and says what's your missus ringing like the Audi lady because and why I'm thinking oh my god you you hear everything you absolutely hear everything but that's probably why they were what they were because he he had he had his finger on the pulse of absolutely everything mm. incredible that's brilliant yeah <laughs> how did he have the energy for all that I know I know like so what would he have been at this point mid 60s 60 odd yeah 
But yeah, he, that's just what he was. He must. I, I bet you he's a nightmare at home now. He will be. It'll be a nightmare. It's a machine. Yeah. You said that everything changed the moment you left Manchester United. The shackles, I suppose, were off. But were there times when you ever regretted it? Leaving? No, I didn't. Honestly, never, never regretted once. it. Never once. I was. I was so ready to leave. I remember. Um, when I remember the time when Fergie actually pulled me into his office and said, "Listen, we've we've accepted a bid from uh, Birmingham. Um, it's a really good offer. It's it's great opportunity for you to go out and play." And as he's telling me, I'm just going, "Yeah, brilliant, awesome, thank you so much. Like, I need to go." And he, he even he was honest as he liked yeah. to be fair. He was like, "I think you need to go, don't you?" I was like, "Yeah, cool, I need to go." Um, so no, there was never it was never like um, wow. not wanting to go or anything like that. No chance. Has he been in touch? Because you've had an incredible career since you left Manchester United. Has there been times when he's been in touch and maybe? Said Said, oh, you should have stayed. No, definitely not. He doesn't regret he it one bit. Right <laughs> <laughs> Probably because he knew at this stage what kind of personality you were. And yeah, you exactly. Were better. Yeah, yeah. I just wasn't suited yeah. to Man United. No chance. And everybody could see that. To be fair, so it was. It was so oh, obvious. I think you're probably being hard on yourself. Yeah. No, no. It, yeah. I, I, honestly, there was never any regrets. It was what it was. I have seen him a couple of times since. To be fair, I saw him. So I, I played in his last ever game for Man U. So it was the five-all draw oh, at yeah. West Brom. Yeah. Um, and he was. He was. He was really nice. To be fair, came over said hello and just normal chit chat I actually saw him in San Carlo in Manchester a few months ago as well to be fair he looked a million as well absolutely he must have been away because he had a nice little tan on him yeah. <laughs> brilliant, brilliant. Um, so as I said you went on to have a great career what is the next step is it going to be media for you because that's what you've been doing it's quite unusual for a player to be doing that while they're still playing but is that going to be the next step for you to continue that? Yeah, I think so. Maybe I, I, there's no way I'll be a coach. I can't imagine. I was just going to ask. Absolutely no chance. Um, basically, longer hours and less pay. Like no yeah, way. There's no way that's happening. Um, no, it's, I, I've never, I've never really been interested in coaching. To be honest with you, it's not. It's just something that I just wouldn't really want to go into. Um, do you not think you could help players though? That yeah, I do. Even I, by yeah. talking about it, people don't really admit what you admit. No, true. I, I, I. That's the only bit of it where I think. I could actually help some people or try and pass on a little bit of something, a bit of knowledge, a bit of or wisdom. Or you might or just say, just leave, just get out. Yeah, yeah you're, you're done, mate. <laughs> a young United goalkeeper from no, just go. You know what? You're not got the head for this. You ain't cut out, mate. Sorry, you. Um, but no, I think that's the only thing. But no, I think. I do, I do really enjoy sort of doing the media bits and bobs, and um, I think the digital side of it I really like, sort of like like YouTube and like podcasts mm. and all those bits and bobs. It's it's a bit. Di- I think it's getting that way a little bit now, where um, even on Sky and stuff you'll see sort of creators from all over the world never mm. played football, but they're talking about football. And to be fair, some of them are actually really knowledgeable as well. Mm. So maybe go. I like I say, I don't really know. I really don't know though. How long have you left playing? Um, a year or two. A yeah. year or two. I'd like to do a year in America. So, I would. Would you? Yeah. I'd, I'd, so I'm 38 now. I'm 39 in a couple of weeks' time. Take the family over. I'd, yeah. Do yeah. it properly. Yeah. Do it properly. Um, but again, even then, I, I'm, I don't like to plan stuff anyway. No, no, I like no. to just see what happens and we'll go from there. Um, but I'd like I'd like to do another year or two in England. Um, hopefully, still playing. Uh, if not, I'd be the world's best cheerleader at someone like Man United or <laughs> like a big boy or something yeah. like that. Like, do you know what I mean? I'd love to have a younger goalie in front of me and sort of try and help him as yeah, much as like I can. Scott yeah. Carson. Yeah, exactly that. The Scott Carson role, for example, mm-hmm. like cheerleader, like you wouldn't believe. Brilliant. Um, so yeah, I'd maybe do that in, a, in maybe after next season, hopefully, um, and then 
I'd love to go out to America and just do it like somewhere it's got to be west coast so warm weather sort of California way yeah, yeah. shorts flip flops every day that'd be about when you you just said you don't plan much you've got it all planned <laughs> yeah, yeah. vaguely vaguely it's a pretty yeah. sweet I life like to book stuff yeah. Yeah. you're just in the summer flip flops yeah. and shorts so yeah. perfect just west coast do you know when you look back over your career I mean I know you've still got another couple of years left the next generation coming through do you see a difference in them yeah massive. are you glad you're getting out now I am a little bit actually yeah, yeah I really am it's changed it's completely changed I think um, you're a little bit like me for maybe. the better for the worse I think it's yeah, I don't know it just it's different the way society yeah, I don't know if it is better or worse I think we, me and you would agree it's probably worse but yeah. for some of us would just say it's probably different um, like I said we're, we're a bit more old school where mm-hmm. you just sort of you it's it's, it's hard to sort of like say what's right and what's wrong because like in our day you just say just suck it up and get on with it mm-hmm. yeah? just suck it up and get yeah. on with it but it's not as simple as saying that anymore you can't just go and say that to people um, but I, I have noticed like some of the younger players coming through they, they, they don't have the respect for the elders elders like the, like what we used to yeah. have like I remember like I said I was, we were speaking earlier and when you were in the changing rooms when you were a youngster you would shut up and you would just wait to be told what to do and you wouldn't give anyone any banter back or you wouldn't yeah. be rude or anything like that and I see some of the young kids come through nowadays they are just liabilities honestly <laughs> they are just cannons from day one because you've got to imagine though as well like some of these young kids coming through they've they've always been if you're making it to be a professional footballer right and you have always been the best player in your team mm-hmm. always yeah. so school team Sunday league yeah. team even when you're in the academy you are the best player in that year of academy mm-hmm. so you're always used to somebody saying you're the best oh my god you're so good yeah can you win us a game today mm-hmm. like so they've their egos straight away are, are high so, so yeah so you see them they come in and they 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 think it's like that straight away. They think they can just come in and be the big boy. And you're like, mate, you're 18 years old, 19. Yeah. You can't do that. Do you know what I mean? You've got lads here who have been doing it for 15, 20 years. Yeah. It's not as easy as doing it like that, honestly. If you could give the advice to a player coming in now, what advice would you give them? Listen to your seniors other than that. Yeah, for sure. Yeah. I, I always used to think when I was younger that um, you people would say like about experience and like they would mention experience being the most important thing. And I used to think, no, I'm young. I'm like faster than you. I'm quicker. Yeah. Like, I know better. For sure I do. I know better. Mm. You, but it's not true. It's definitely not true. Like experience is so important. Like that's what... How, how, do, you, how do you, as a keeper, obviously you're at the bat so you can see everything. How do you tell those people though? How do you tell those players... Listen, sort your head out. Yeah. Or else you're not going to be playing for much longer. I think you, you've got to gauge each person individually. You've got to learn yeah. what that guy is as a character, what appeals to him, what works to him. Like, you can't just do it as a blanket, no. whatever. You have to know what that person thrives off and buzzes off. And so even in the game, I know I can talk to my right back differently to how I can talk to my left back. I can shout at my right back and be like, oh, come on, switch on. Left back, you you can't say it to him like that. You have to say, mate, you're doing really well. Well done. Keep it going. Like keep your head up. Like positive. Blah blah blah. You have to you have to gauge each person differently and speak to them in a different way, a different tone as well. I'm not sure. I, can I know. That's Which what I mean. Is old what school. People yeah. say Sir Alex was his gift as yeah, well. He exactly. was able to speak to people differently. He would gauge them. He yeah. would, He had. He had. He actually had really good empathy. Like he would yeah. know that person. He would know what they're going through. He'd know about their yeah. family a little bit, and he'd put an arm around him. He'd make you feel a million. Yeah. Ben, we are going to have to leave it there, unfortunately. But thank you so much for hosting us. It's been ah. absolutely brilliant. Honestly, we could have done another hour with you. Yeah, that was really, really good. Enjoyed that. Thank you. That's Ben Foster. Did you enjoy it? Ah, oh, it was absolutely superb, wasn't he? Very good. Very what charismatic. Guy. Very good. Mm-hmm. Yeah. But, uh, like, it blows my mind that someone could have been working in a cafe and then a couple of years later playing for Manchester United 
with no academy football, without all the usual structure no. behind him. Yeah, it doesn't his, seem like that's possible. Yeah, the route into his footballing career is incredible. He basically scouted by... By somebody who had to come off the motorway because of his accident on yeah. the motorway. Just the fact that he never thought he was going to be a footballer, even at like 15, 16, yeah, it, it didn't seems, really enter his head. It seems three, impossible. Three, three quid as a pot washer. Do you remember Gary Pallister told us when he was 16, he was his uh, school football team's third choice goalkeeper. Yeah, that's right. Yeah. It just doesn't seem... Do you think, like, and, and like, because that was a while ago, it feels like, okay, that's a yes, mad that story. Yes, that more it, normal it then. It doesn't feel possible that someone no. who's still playing in the Premier League could have... No. Could you think that can happen again? No, but I also don't know any other footballers that would cycle from Leamington Spa to West Brom. So everything about him is yeah. quite unique. He's yeah. a unique That's guy. a long way. Yeah. yeah Macy, got... how's, what's the furthest you've ever cycled? I did uh, the last leg in Northern Ireland, probably about 70 miles. So 70 miles? That, you... that, that was the last leg and I got the flight home that night and I needed to sit on like, with, like a rubber ink because, um, geez, they... Uh, yeah. <laughs> what an image. He, just could just couldn't sit down. He would cycle that and go yeah, and, and go train? Back, and then cycle back. Yeah. Mental. Guy. Do you know what? That's keepers for you. Yeah, Diff- it had a had a difficult time at night, though, didn't it? And I wonder if it's if not having that academy yeah. education made it harder. Like the yeah. idea of winning the league cup, then immediately having to forget about it and move on, as opposed to thinking like, this is amazing. I've just he did the enjoy league that cup. moment. The thing is, that was though, the only when, moment yeah. he actually did enjoy. But when United are serial winners in in that that era, it was just a case of right back on the bus, back on the train, back to Manchester. Yeah. Game on Wednesday. Game on Wednesday. Yeah. Concentrate yeah. on that. So yeah. But yeah, very, very good podcast. I loved it. Yeah, he was fantastic. Uh, if you want to get in touch with us, you can. You can send us a message at United Podcast at manunited.co.uk. That would be wonderful. We'd like to read it. Uh, let us know where you're listening from, who you would like to have us talk to. And in the meantime, have a lovely week, and we'll see you on the next one. Bye. Bye. See you later.